Good evening, and welcome to Colorado Decides, a joint production of Colorado Public Television, CBS4, and KOA News Radio. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you very much for joining us. Joining me is Sean Boyd, political specialist with CBS4 News, and political analyst Eric Sonderman. Tonight, we kick off our coverage of the 2016 election by focusing on Amendment 69, also known as Colorado Care. If passed, this initiative would replace Colorado's current health care payment system by raising income taxes by 10%. We'll get more details on that later. Join us for the next 30 minutes are author T.R. Reed, a proponent of Colorado Care, and Linda Gorman the from the Independence Institute, who opposes Amendment 69. Everyone, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we have limited time, so let's get right to it. Sean, would you like to ask our first question? So, Vermont, home to Bernie Sanders, very liberal state, considered this. And even the governor said, you know, while he supports the concept, this would bankrupt the state. How is Colorado any different? Tierra, we'll start with you. Colorado is really different from what happened in Vermont. Vermont, in the first place, is 620,000 people, so it's not a big enough risk pool to run insurance. Currently, Vermont is now talking to Maine and New Hampshire to do a three-state plan, which would be a little smaller than Colorado, but might work. But what really happened in Vermont is they hired a brilliant guy at Harvard to design a plan for them, and then they gave it to their legislature. And the legislature larded it up with everything any doctor in Vermont ever thought of doing, and the price got way too high. Their tax was 11.5%. Our tax on the worker is 3.3%, and we don't let the legislature muck it up. We consider that to be a feature, not a bug. The legislature can't mess around with Colorado Care. Linda? Um, Vermont turned it down because it was way too expensive and they couldn't make the finances work. Uh, risk pooling doesn't have anything to do with something like this. There's no pooling of risk. You're just paying for everybody's health care. Um, Colorado Care is in the same deficit position after 10 years, um, according to Colorado Health Institute. And they made very favorable assumptions for Colorado Care in terms of administrative costs and also um, things like how much demand would increase if health care was made free. I think that having the legislature taken out of it is a very bad thing because you're creating an um, unaccountable government entity with its hands in your pockets. Um, we have a legislature for a reason. And in this case, you could have put Colorado Care under the Colorado legislature, and it would have had all of the um, voting, fair voting, and all of the controls that we expect on government. Instead, they put it outside. The reason is that they don't want anyone to have any control over anything that they do, and that's not a safe thing for Colorado. Eric, we want you to fire up our next question. Sure, and we'll follow up on the same general series uh, where Sean was going. Can this even, and we'll start with TR again, can this even really be a state or multi-state kind of solution? Doesn't this, whatever the merits of a single-payer system, for practical reasons, don't you really have to have this at a federal level? If the federal government could do it, I'd be all for it. And the federal government uh, runs Medicare, which is the most popular and the most efficient health care system we've got. Uh, the fact is, younger than Medicare, Nobody has an international plan. Every insurance plan is based on one state. We don't sell insurance across state lines. Some people think we should, but we don't. So at the moment, we're dealing with a bunch of insurance companies that happen to be out of state who only sell a plan based in Colorado. That's no different. The big difference with Colorado Care is the control is here. Linda just said we don't want unaccountable entities with their hands in our pocket. Well, currently, 
We're getting health insurance from United Healthcare in Minnetonka, Minnesota, Anthem Blue Cross in Indianapolis, Cigna in Hartford. We have zero control over those companies, and they gouge us every year. They raise premiums every year. This year, they're charging us $30 billion for health insurance premiums. Colorado Care is run right here and costs less, $25 billion. $25 billion is a lot of money, but it's less than we're spending now. Linda, to you. Um, actually, Canada has something very similar to Colorado Care. They have the, the Canada Health Act, and then each province runs its own insurance plan under the Canada Health Act. So there are some broad rules that they have to obey, but then you're either in the BC plan or you're in the Ontario plan or, or whichever plan you want. So basically, Colorado Care is modeled after the Canadian system because the control mechanism in Colorado Care is price controls. If you are a licensed provider by the state of Colorado, you cannot take any other amount for your services than what Colorado tells you you can take. That's, that's the Canadian system. Um, it's really bad news because although I may pay money to an out-of-state insurance company, prior to Obamacare, if I didn't like that insurance company, I could change to another one. So the enforcement mechanism there was I moved my dollars somewhere, somewhere else. Under Colorado Care, I can only take the health care that they decide to provide for me. And in the amendment itself, it says that they have to control per capita health costs. That means that if one person gets more health care, another person has to get less. And this is a state with an aging population. The whole country has an aging population. And older people need more health care. So this is not a recipe for success or health or good health. Sean. So Let's talk about, you know, we've talked about how this isn't a government entity. I want to talk about the Colorado Care Board and get yeah. some more information on that. It's an unelected board for three years. Yes. My understanding is it has the power to raise taxes if need be, to set reimbursement rates, to decide what's covered and what's not covered. Seems like a lot of power to put in a board, unelected board, for three years with no state oversight. Uh, I think the unelected board works for two years until we kick in on January 1st of 2019, and then the board is elected. So tell me, what's the difference? Currently, our health care decisions are made by boards of executives in Minnetonka, Minnesota, Indianapolis, Oakland, California. This way, we get the control. That first board will be appointed by our governor and our legislators. After that, we'll have, there are seven health districts in Colorado, and each one will have three members of this board elected by us. We'll have much more control. Did, did you ever get to vote for the board of United Healthcare? No, and you will vote for the board of Colorado Care, so you just have much more, Coloradans have much more control. Linda's exactly right that older people cost more money. Guess what? They're not in Colorado Care. Colorado Care goes up to age 65, and then you stay on Medicare. So. The aging population is not a cost problem for Colorado Care. We've costed it out. The Colorado Health Institute, this independent think tank, says we save billions of dollars every year. But does the board have the power to raise taxes outside of Tabor? No. It says can raise taxes with the approval of the voters of Colorado. So it takes a majority vote of the people of Colorado to raise the tax. Okay. Linda, you want to respond? Um, yes, in several ways. Um, first of all, the interim board is 15 people. It's appointed, and the amendment itself says that these people have to be sympathetic to Colorado Care. This board sets up all of the election rules for Colorado Care. Colorado Care is exempt from Tabor. It can spend as much as it wants. And um, part of Tabor is also clean election laws. So one of the problems with this board is that it can decide to hold an election tomorrow on the top of a mountain, bust its supporters in, 
and whoever votes, you know, if it gets a majority of votes for a tax increase once a year, it can increase your taxes. We don't know who can run, and, 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 and the elections really don't matter because a majority of the board can vote people off the board and appoint somebody else. So what you really have here is a central committee that has really, the elections are for show. If they don't like the ideological makeup of someone who's voted on, they can vote them off. This is way outside any kind of government checks and balances that we're used to, and it's very, very dangerous. Eric? So many directions I want to go, but let's stay on where we're at. Yeah. Is it true, and maybe we'll let Linda, just to mix it up, go first on yeah. this one. Uh, speaking of these elections, I'm told that, and the way I read the uh, proposed amendment, is that these elections are not conducted through the normal process of supervised by their Secretary of State, supervised by county clerks in 64 counties, et cetera. Can you talk about what the process would be for these elections were Amendment 69 to become law? And, and maybe when TR gets a chance, why a decision was made to exempt this from the normal election process? The only thing that specifically is in the amendment is that you have to have seven districts of roughly equal population and three, three people will be elected from each district. Um, that boils down to about 250,000 person per each representative. It's it's far higher number of people than in the state legislature was about 68,000. So you really, your vote is, you know, out there. Um, there is no other requirement for voting. You don't have to be a U.S. citizen. You just have to be a Colorado resident. Colorado resident is not defined anywhere. Currently, to be a Colorado resident, you just have to say you're a resident. You don't have to have a permanent address or anything. So you don't even have to be a U.S. citizen to vote in these elections to raise taxes um, or to um, elect the people in Colorado care. Um, as I say, very dangerous setup. And TR, to you, and specifically, yeah. who is going to conduct these elections? I think the Colorado Care Board arranges the election. The notion that we would hold an election at, on top of Mount Evans at midnight, that tells you something about the quality of the no argument, don't you think? If that's, they say, no, we are not going to hold an election on the top of a mountain. We're going to hold elections in the seven districts. Anybody who's covered by Colorado Care, which is to say anybody who's a resident of Colorado, will get to vote. And I don't know why they didn't put it in the Security State's office. I, I don't know the answer to that. What I do know is we get to vote. Currently, we get our health insurance from executive boards out of state over which we have zero control. So, you know, Linda and I agree on this. We should have control over the boards of our insurance companies. With Colorado Care, we choose them. You don't like them, vote them out. You'll know their phone number. You'll know their email address. Nobody in Colorado has any control over the board of Anthem Blue Cross. Let me chime in with a quick question. Linda, I'm going to start with you. Uh, after we get through all the details of a law like this, at the end of the day, uh, Colorado citizens and people in America overall are upset about health care. We pay too much. Whether we like Obamacare, we don't like Obamacare, we want people covered. There is a general frustration. There's this general belief uh, against health insurance companies that people aren't getting their money's worth. So would you understand the attraction of something like this where Coloradans would want to feel, at the very least, taking control of a situation that there is a lot of frustration over? Absolutely. I mean, I know a lot of Canadians who voted for the Canada Health Act, and then uh, are, it went 
it went great for 15 years and then government hadn't been investing in the health infrastructure and things started, the wheels came off. They have huge lines, they have very difficult time getting care. Um, so that's the problem with things like this. It sounds good and people have lives, you know. You, all you know is that it's costing you a fortune and you just want some sort of relief. Well, there are other ways to get relief, you know. Um, we have terrible insurance requirements as a result of Obamacare. We have unequal tax treatment of employer plans and individual plans. We have a regulatory structure that's strangling things. Um, um, Pricewaterhouse did a, a, a survey of how much it costs to treat a Medicaid, Medicare patient. They tracked them through the hospital. For every hour of patient care, there was an hour of pa paperwork required by Medicaid and a lot Medicare and, it, and a lot of it didn't make any sense. So there's a lot we can do in the regulatory aspect. And the other thing we have to do is get insurance out of routine health care. Um, it's much less expensive if you just pay them cash. If a doctor visit is $100, you pay for it. They don't have the overhead, you don't have the overhead. But because of our tax policy, employers go way down to first dollar coverage. So there are a lot of fixes out there. But um, first, do no harm, and Amendment 69 does a lot of harm. So, T, I guess my question, uh, piggybacking on that one, would be if folks are frustrated, how is this addressing that? And there is no such thing as a free lunch. What, what is the price we're going to pay for a solution to what we see as a problem right now? Uh, people are frustrated both with the private insurance companies and with Obamacare. Uh, Colorado Care gets us out. It uses an escape clause in the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, Section 1332, says if any state covers as many people with as much the same coverage or better as a silver plan, we're out. No mandates, no penalties from Washington, D.C. We get control. It's not free. It's going to cost $25 billion. But as I said, this year we spent $30 billion for health insurance premiums, and they've told the state insurance department they're going to raise those premiums 17% on average next year. So it's definitely cheaper. Um, as for other countries, Canada, Linda's right, Canada is much too cheap on health care, and they do have these long waiting lines. Australia, South Korea, Taiwan, Netherlands, Belgium all have the kind of system we have where people pay into a public insurance plan that pays private doctors. They work beautifully. They spend half as much as we do. They have better health outcomes. And that'll what will happen here, because with Colorado Care, we can pick any doctor. You know, currently the private insurers, they dictate, they have what they call a narrow network. They dictate what docs you can see. With Colorado Care, we cover every provider in Colorado. You pick the doctor. I think people will like that better. Sean? So, I'm wondering, how will this work for people who need care out of state? Tiara, you want to explain? Same way it does now with the insurers. If you're out of state and you break your leg or you get seriously ill, we treat you until you're stable enough to come back to Colorado and be treated. So I always say, if anybody's dumb enough to ski in Utah and breaks their leg, we'll get that leg set and then they come home, which is just the way insurance works now. If some Utah is skiing here and breaks her leg, well, tough luck. She's not in Colorado care because she doesn't live here. Okay. Linda, do you disagree? Yes. Um, the amendment only says that they have to promulgate rules for treatment of people who are temporarily outside the state. Um, the way insurance works right now is most commercial policies have national networks. Um, individual policies had national networks too until Obamacare screwed it up. Um, so if I break my leg, I can decide to go wherever I want for care uh, in my network. 
Colorado Care is going to change that dramatically, and in fact, it's going to make it very difficult for people who like go to the Cleveland Clinic now, MD Anderson for cancer. There's no guarantee you'll be able to go out of state to get the care you need at all. Eric. I like the reference to MD Anderson. My daughter just accepted a job there. So <laughs> fabulous. Congrats. Uh, let's go back to the mention earlier of the Colorado Health Institute uh, yeah. recent report. Yeah. As I understand that the Institute is a nonpartisan group, doesn't have a position on this particular issue, but basically said, if I have it correctly, that the plan TR would run deficits from the beginning and that over the course of the first 10 years, those deficits would equal as much as $8 billion. So the Health Institute said there was not solvency to what is being proposed. Would you care to rebut that? Yeah. Uh, in the first place, there's a disagreement there over how much Medicaid money Colorado Care would get from the federal government. We think we'd get it all. They say we'd get less than we're getting now. I don't know how to do that dispute. They show very, very small deficits in our plan, maybe a tenth of one percent for the first five or six years. And you're right. They say after eight or nine years, we would have to raise the tax. Now, here's what I say to that. One thing we know with the status quo, if you vote no on 69, they're going to raise our premiums every year. They've raised premiums every year since 1994. They're not going to stop. If you hear we're saying we're going to save money, for everybody for seven or eight years, and then we might need a tax increase. That's a better deal than what we've got now. I have a different point of view, obviously. Um, I think that uh, the Colorado Health Institute treated Colorado Care fairly um, carefully. One of the reasons is that I didn't see, for example, um, costs for the data system that the amendment requires. It requires that, the, that Colorado Care develop two data systems, one that collects all the information on all of your medical contacts and one that allows providers to access a centralized database. Now, these things are really expensive. Kaiser has spent over a decade in something like, I think it's $9 billion developing theirs. The British system... Um, shut its down when it had spent $16 billion and it still had a failure. And we've seen how expensive simply the, the exchange data systems are. So this is going to be a big expense in the first few years, and I didn't see that in the um, CHI estimates. The other thing that is going to happen that wasn't included was health tourism. Um, this basically provides free care for anybody who shows up in the state and says, I'm a resident. Um, people do travel for free care. We saw that with the AIDS patients who are trying to get treatment under Medicaid. Britain has a huge problem with health tourism to the point where it's now developing a huge data system and regulations to decide whether anybody's eligible based on their residency health requirement. So this is a big problem. Second thing is um, Colorado Health Data Institute assumed that demand would increase by about 12%. We know that when you go from um, a plan with a deductible to no deductible, that utilization goes up by about 30%. Now, Colorado Care says there's not going to be any deductibles. It doesn't say anything about copays except that they exist, and it doesn't say anything about coinsurance. From my perspective, then, we're looking at a probably a much bigger demand increase than, than 12%. So, you know, those are probably a rosy picture of how things go. And if you look at the Medicaid forecasts when we said we were going to expand Medicaid, the experts were off. You know, Medicaid was twice as high as they predicted it would be. Sean? So, will Colorado Care be exempt from HIPAA, and how will it protect patient privacy? What is the plan? No, it can't be exempt from the federal privacy laws. Uh, under the federal privacy laws, nobody, they can't use your last name in the doctor's office. 
nobody can get uh, your medical records, and that's true with Colorado Care too. We'll, we'll, we have to follow. Of course, we'll follow all the federal privacy laws. And see, Linda disagrees. Federal the HIPAA law has a huge loophole for state law and for state health oversight activities, which is why you can have disease registries with enormous amounts of data on it. And you can also have the all-payer claims database here in Colorado, which is selling your medical information to private entities. Um, so they could call it a, a state health oversight agency, and you're done. It also says in the amendment itself that it has to make detailed information available to all the providers in the state. So there's either going to be a lawsuit about HIPAA or you're going to have very low data security because it's very hard to have secure data and data that's accessible to everyone. One of the things that happened in Britain is they were selling people's health records on the black market. And health records are really, really valuable because they have all this information so identity thieves can craft a much better legend using your information. Eric. Dominic tried to get here, but let me try again, and we'll start with you, uh, Linda. Uh, whatever the flaws of Amendment 69 of Colorado Care or the alleged flaws, clearly the status quo is not without its flaws as well. What would you propose, instead of Amendment 69, to reform the current system, to improve the current system? I take it you're probably an opponent of Obamacare, so that you're not going to go there. What would you maintain of Obamacare? What would you do, and with a particular focus on underinsured and uninsured? First of all, I don't think that coverage should be a national policy because for some people it doesn't make sense to buy expensive insurance coverage. If you are making a couple of dollars above Medicaid eligibility level, then you need your money to um, save, get, you know, get an education and go on. And if anything happens to you, you're eligible for Medicaid retroactively. So in order to cover everybody, you have to have an extremely expensive system. In the U.S., the problem with healthcare is most of what people think they know about it is, is probably not correct because it's been such an ideological battle for the last 30 years. For the last 20 years that we collected data, between 83 and 87 percent of people in the country were covered through recessions, through not recessions, et cetera. Um, people who couldn't get insurance because they were ill um, had to be covered by the state under federal law. And we had Cover Colorado here, and people paid basically um, about 120 percent of the standard individual rate, and that was cheaper than the plans they have to buy now under Obamacare. So what we've done is in order to reach this, this end point that doesn't make any sense, we've really increased the cost of health um, insurance in this country. Um, best estimates are, you know, 50 to 100 percent in the individual market. We put 27 taxes on things, so we need to step back. We need to equalize the tax treatment between um, um, employer coverage and individual coverage because we need to start looking at how cars do insurance rather than people. Um, we need to um, move more towards a cash market. And for people who need subsidies, the best way to subsidize people is to give them cash or let them be on Medicaid or let them buy themselves out of Medicaid. We are just about a little over a minute before. Oh, did TR get a chance to? TR didn't get a chance no, on that. Yeah, I, mean, I think you probably ahead. agree with my premise, but if you'd like to respond. You know, there are about 400,000 Coloradans with no health insurance. According to the National Academy of Sciences, 500 of our neighbors in the state die every year because they can't afford a doctor. You want to live in a state that lets that happen? And the 400,000, when they get sick, their doctor's office is the emergency room. Since they're not insured, we all get stuck with their bills. We think it's better if everybody pays for insurance and everybody's covered, and that's how Colorado Care works. 
Tiara, we're just about 30 seconds away from our closing statements. Let me just ask you a very quick question. The 10% the of the income tax that pays for this, a third of it comes from an individual and then two-thirds comes from employers. Is that correct? Am I getting those numbers right? Yes, that's right. Okay. And currently, average family in Colorado is paying about 8% of income for health insurance. Employers that provide coverage are paying about 12% of payroll for health insurance. So most families and firms would pay less under our plan. Okay. Well, as we just alluded to, it's time for our closing statements. We offer each of our representatives a minute each to uh, offer their uh, last message to voters. Uh, we start with our opponents. So, Linda, uh, one minute. The floor is yours. Um, you're voting on specific legal language here, so you need to look at exactly what's in the amendment and not look at, and stories don't count. It's just what's in the amendment. What is in the amendment is an unaccountable government entity that can raise your taxes and has control of its own elections. We know that this has created a lot of fraud in a lot of places. It's not a good idea to have it here. In terms of its health care, you have no guarantees on the health care except that they will put price controls on it and it will probably in the long run end up looking like the Canadian system. And that's after they go back to you repeatedly for tax increases. And the one final thing is that this is really bad for the poor because they have a payroll tax in here. And if I'm now getting my health care free from Medicaid and I work part time, all of a sudden the state's going to start taking 10% out of my income for health care. So if you care about the poor, this is not a good thing to vote for. Linda, thank you very much. TR, one minute. The floor is yours. Under federal law, people on Medicaid cannot be charged for health insurance, so we're not going to charge them. That's not accurate. We can't raise the tax any time. The law says only the people of Colorado can raise the tax. You get a choice here. You vote yes on Colorado Care. We cover everybody with a plan based in Colorado that saves billions. You vote no, you're voting for the status quo. Out-of-state insurance companies that cut our benefits and gouge us year after year. If you vote no, you're letting them get away with it more and more. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. That is all the time we have for our look at Amendment 69 and Colorado Care. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us, T.R. Reed and Linda Gorman. I'd like to thank my fellow panelists, Sean Boyd and Eric Sonderman. If you'd like to find out more information about any of the general election ballot issues or races, please visit our websites at cpt12.org election or cbsdenver.com and koanewsradio.com. Be sure to stick around for our next debate coming up right after this, where we explore the raising of the minimum wage. And finally, just a quick uh, uh, a little blurb here for uh, another program we have, Both Sides of the Story. It doesn't start this Friday. actually starts next Friday, September 16th. We're featuring a very special uh, tournament this year. In fact, we will have high school debate debaters talking about the issues that matter here in Colorado, some of them on the ballot, some of them just in the news. Four different high schools will be participating. You'll see each of those schools or the proceedings next four weeks and then in October fin uh, finishing on the Friday before Election Day we'll have a tournament each of those uh, schools will face off and we will finally have one champion of the four high schools we have East High School George Washington Cherry Creek and St. Mary's down in Colorado Springs we're very excited about this and we're able to do this because of your support so really when it comes to election coverage we have you covered either with the professionals arguing the uh, uh, amendments or the uh, high school debaters I think will also do a pretty fair job that that is all the time we have for this episode of Colorado Decides. For everyone here at Colorado Public Television, I'm Dominic Dizzuti. Thanks for watching.